1: Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Kent Bullard of the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Kent sat down with us thinking we were going to have a meeting about recording a podcast, but surprised them by actually recording the podcast. He graciously sat down with us to discuss the motivation behind starting a business, what drives the desire for profits, and whether or not it's even ethical to generate a profit you might be surprised by what we have to say. Before we get started, don't forget to set this podcast to automatically download the latest episode, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player, and make sure you check out our YouTube channel where we've been dropping a lot of new content. And now, here we go. cannot be that hot on top of a mountain do you have like a Dude, those are of
2: insulation those lights there? behind them are heaters actually
0: exactly those are actually <laughs> warm they're radiant lamps.
2: they're radiant lamps yeah
0: yeah i see when when we're not doing this i'm like a lizard i crawl up on there and i just like bake in the sun <laughs> hey is that a is that
2: bang energy drink on camera lens <laughs> no it's a it's a
1: watermelon uh, monster.
0: Oh okay okay cool. I had
1: Reserve. the raging raspberry hibiscus. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very
2: good. It is. You know what it my new you know what my new favorite energy drink is though? What? It's the strawberry apricot Red Bull.
0: Oh. Ah, it's not sugar free. I I'm had tried that one.
2: No, yeah. I don't know if it's sugar free or not. I I didn't check.
0: Yeah, I, I gotta do sugar free, man. I can't do the sugar. Y'all have got the coolest. Little refrigerator in there with all kinds of drinks and stuff in it.
2: Oh, I know. There's a reason I'm pushing 300
0: pounds, man. I, I mean, like, like I'm I am thinking that my new shop needs a refrigerator like that. It may just be in my office, but <laughs> my
1: a nice my tall tech. one,
0: glass
2: front,
1: yeah, full of energy drinks
2: and yeah, See, soda pop, just,
1: and that's all for show. My tech has a refrigerator had a refrigerator from like 1972. It works. Not only does it work, it freezes everything. Like, everything gets ice cold in there. And and the bottom part, like the normal fridge section, not the freezer. And so he's like, hey, I'm going to dump this thing. You mind if I bring it to the shop? No, bring it down. So, like, when you come into the second building, and you're heading into this office, this massive 1972 behemoth is just sitting there in the corner. Yeah. (laughs) Freezing everything inside. (laughs) I don't need any glass front anything. I want I want my stuff icy cold and that's I,
0: it. I listen, I went to uh so I was at an event in Charleston, right? And and I I mean, y'all travel too, you know the struggle, right? Like you go into a hotel and you wonder, is this refrigerator gonna keep my energy drink cold? Like my biggest beef is is when I wake up in the morning, I want a cold energy drink. That's that's like your the biggest first thing. beef? Yeah, dude. Of it's all routine, the things dude. that are Not, not, not the failed inspection on my new building today. None of that. That's fine. I can live with that. Okay. I'm good. I can work through that. But if I wake up and I don't have a cold energy drink, dude, I've got a refrigerator beside my bed. My wife is lovely. She set it up for me. I I reach over. It has locks on it because I have a four year old. That's insane. I push the button. I open the fridge and I pull out the energy drink. (laughs) You know what I mean? I have a cold energy drink. The second that I wake up in the morning is just my routine. It's what I do. Right. It is a real big pet peeve of mine to go to a hotel and the fridge doesn't cool my drink. So I've like got this thing down that they all suck. So I turn them on super cold. So we went to this event in Charleston and the hotel was ragged out, boys. Man, it was rough. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I better crank that sucker way down. You know that sucker's beat, man. It's not gonna cool. I wake up, all my effing drinks are frozen. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, <laughs> so mad.
1: And dude, then any when any it frosts. <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be all flat and gross. Yeah. Hey, we sucks, were
0: we were at um we were at a uh, Vision one year and uh George calls me he, he said, Man, he said uh uh it's like four AM, you know? He calls me, he's like, dude, he's like, I just had the shit scared out of myself. I'm like, what? He's like the one of the drinks in the fridge blew up. <laughs> he's like it sounded like a bomb went off. <laughs> yeah. He's like, It blew the door open on the fridge.
1: <laughs> I've done that. Man, this up pissed my <laughs> wife off i was just waiting for it to get cold she's like well you forgot about it it's like i forget everything i don't know what to tell you
0: it's like those people leave the whole case of pepsi in the back seat in the midwest and it's like 25 degrees below zero
1: yeah like frozen, the only saving grace is it. it's never sugar it's never a sugary drink so it's all sugar free so it'll leave a film but it's not sticky i can't deal with the sticky the she sticky said the same meat. thing about you
0: it'll leave a film but it's not sticky who's leaving the i'm leaving
1: the film
2: who's leaving
0: the film here i don't get it What? (laughs) oh man it must
2: be getting late over there huh
0: i know right
1: (laughs) no no we're good we're good i finished my hibiscus drink we're good
0: can't what you want to talk about I I don't know, man.
2: I wasn't planning on a podcast. We've talked. But let's see, we've, <laughs> we've we've talked Chinese gonna, economy. But that's yeah. we but that's my a, fault. <laughs> no, no. Like, hey, this is this team.
0: is perfect for us. This is ideally what we'd like to have. You weren't we did, prepared we for it. We, we just talked, throw it out there. Here we go. Well, we briefly
2: talked about China's economy.
1: Yeah, it sucks. Geopolitics are not my thing, dear. I okay. you know I don't so
2: subscribe we, to uh, anything. Um. <laughs> I don't, I don't watch TV. I don't do social media. I I just, it's, I don't have the patience for it <laughs> anymore.
1: Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your PartsTech account, go to my shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, PartsTech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, Start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for PartsTech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to PartsTech.com forward slash podcast. That's PartsTech.com forward slash podcast.
0: Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with PartsTech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parch GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. I just don't want to
2: deal with it. I'm like, look, the world can burn. I just won't see it happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. I could care less, (laughs) right? Like... I I am probably the one driving the bus, right? And and yes, we're probably headed for hell. But, um, you know, I'm enjoying the ride, so I'm looking how at the scenery you, how and the trees.
1: Do you and disconnect it. like that, though. I I can't do it. Because at some point, you're going to hear something about something, and and I'll tell you what. Like th- this is the biggest issue, is that I used to be that way. I didn't care, right? And you. You try to be as informed as you can when it's, especially when it's election time. You're like, "Well, what are the important topics and wh- where does everybody stand?" This, that, and the other. But then I opened a business, and I, I tell you and what there, really like got me. What really, yeah. really got me was when I opened the business. There was a governor in Kansas, and we were in the middle of a whatever it was the the recession or the Great Recession or whatever. But the the economy hadn't pulled out the way that everybody assumed would happen after the the crash in 2007 2008 and so it's it, everything is just flat and nobody nobody's building new businesses the, the economy isn't expanding like everybody thought it would and i open up a business and the the state of Kansas the the governor decides that he is going to stop charging income tax to anybody that has an llc if you generate an income through an llc no income tax for you. And his idea was this is going to spur economic growth. These are going to be people flooding to the to the uh, state to mm. open up businesses. And it's like, okay, great. Well, the problem was we're in the middle of a recession and tax revenue is down for the state. And even though tax revenue did grow a little bit for Uh, surrounding states, this, that, and the other. In Kansas, it did not. And, of course, they can't control their spending. So they, they were going into a deficit, turned into a problem. We go into debt as a state. Everybody starts freaking out. And everybody blames this governor for everything that went wrong from 2012 onward in the state of Kansas. Eventually, the legislature comes together and they say, hey, this is unsustainable. We could cut spending, but then we won't get reelected. So let's not do that. Let's instead roll back the LLC exemption. And not only that, we're going to do it retroactively. Oh, So you Ooh. who have filed your taxes and have you know paid whatever you needed to pay to the federal government, and you got a big fat exemption for the state government, just one day open up your mailbox and you've got a big fat bill from the state of Kansas. And uh, you have 60 days to pay this. Oh, oh, that's and by crazy. By the dude. way, we're about to start filing the following year's sale, uh, income taxes, and you thought all year long you were going to pay zero, but uh, turns out you're going to have to pay something. And so, Dang. all of those elected officials that we've been sending to Topeka screwed over every single small business owner in the state of Kansas, and because constitutes a, a fair minority in the city of Kansas, most people are W-2 employees. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. They're not looking at what happens down the road. Like, hey, all of a sudden I've got to pay a big fat bill. Guess what? I'm not hiring somebody. I'm not expanding my business. I'm not buying that extra equipment. I'm not looking for a new space, right? Nobody looks at that. Nobody cares. They're just looking at it. State's in debt. We need to make money. Let's go after the small business owners. And that's what they did. And they're looking at it as, oh, look at that $10 million a year business. Who cares that he, that, that guy or that gal has to pay income taxes. Now, all of a sudden I'm now involved in local politics and all of a sudden I'm invested in who I'm sending to Topeka because now it matters. Like if they can do this, and I can
0: understand that. Yeah. I can of, understand It that.
1: matters who you send. it, you know, I don't care who the president is necessarily because unless they get involved in like the minutia of everyday life, which (laughs) sometimes happens apparently it is, it is less a big deal uh, who is in Washington than it is who is at your state capital. When we shut down around COVID, it was a bigger deal who we had as the County commissioner
0: in Johnson County,
1: Kansas than it was who the president was. It was a bigger deal. And all of a sudden, all those elections where I didn't show up and make sure that the right person that had my values and represented me and everybody who thinks like me is at the county commissioner, is that, that person didn't get elected. Instead, some Yehu had been there for 20 years shows up. He I, but, leans but, a different direction. And he's going, everybody has the mask. Every non-essential business has to close. All of a sudden, you can't open up your doors. I'm sending my children masked up, double masked, triple masked, jabbed 16 times. All of a sudden, it's a big deal. And but because but here's
0: the thing: is is that that when we talk about this, though, I, I have personally watched it where people. Are a moving target. Does that make sense when I say that? No. In other words, they have one belief and they speak to one belief. They get elected on one belief. They it's just like a business. It it not me and you have talked about this. It's like an employee in your business, right? You go hire somebody. Man, I'm I am a great tech. I I'm gonna I believe this and this is how I live and I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And guess what? You hire them, and now all of a sudden the story changes. Right. So I think that's what wh- when we talk about this, that's one of the reasons that I kind of just said, you know what, I'm out because y- there, you, there was no way to validate. You that.
2: can't put your faith. You can't put your faith in what they say they're going to do. Right. Period. And even if they hold fast to whatever the, be- the belief is, it also matters what they're doing behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can say you believe whatever you want. You can believe whatever you want. But if you don't act like it.
1: It doesn't even matter. So I it mean, was, like it was more important to some of the officials that we were sending, and some of the, the the elected officials we were sending to Topeka. It was and and to the local people, it was a bigger deal to come to a compromise. That it for whatever reason, I don't know what is wrong with people, but they've got it in their mind that quote unquote they need to do something. I don't want them to do anything. I want them to stay out of my business. I want them to stay out of my life. I want them to stay out of it entirely. If you show up, put your time in, collect your sixty to eighty thousand dollars a year, and leave me the hell alone. We're cool. Hey, I the mean, minute sometimes they show is... up and they're like, "Oh, I got to do something." <laughs> Look at all this legislation I passed. It's like, dude, that legislation screwed me, and that one did, and that one did, and that one did. The unintended
0: and consequences they never even saw coming, never even there's always
1: unintended saying. consequences, but it's not. It's like. For whatever reason, every single politician shows up and they think that they need to do something. It's like, you yeah. know what? I would prefer they show up and say, look at all this legislation I blocked.
0: We got David on the <laughs> roll. Yeah, I
1: know. You have to look
2: at what they're able to do within the time span that they're given. You can't put any, any merit to what they say the long-term goals are going to be because someone else could be voted in office and completely change what they had already set up.
0: Yeah. I, you know, along the same lines – Um, I I had an interesting conversation in the the automotive world over the past couple of days. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I won't name the name of these groups, but there's a number of groups. They're on Reddit. They're in Facebook groups. They're all over the place. And what they're doing is is they're saying they're collecting um, a group of technicians, and it's going to be they're going to find these good shops, and they're going to put these good shops and these good technicians together for a small fee right? And it's stuff like, we'll rewrite your resume. We'll do this for you. And I'm I'm a member of some of those groups subreddits, and subreddits and they all like, Oh, we're the biggest one. We're doing this. We're doing that. And it's all this big stuff. And I, I don't, I don't know how effective it is. Um, I think there's a lot of cool things about it, but my friend reached out and he said, listen, he said, um, what do you think about this? And I said, well, the fact that they're getting paid to do this says that they're here to earn money, right? Like I, 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 if, if this was really about helping technicians and helping owners and, and doing something to lift the industry up and fix things, it wouldn't really be about making money, but in a lot of ways it feels like it's about making money. And he said, well, let me tell you this experience I had. He said, I paid them. And he said, I paid them to help me find a technician. And he said, they sent me this great resume. And when I looked at this great resume, man, this technician looked amazing. He was really good. But then he came home and he was not really good. And we had had a pay agreement. We had set everything up according to all these things that he was able to do in this great resume. Right. And I, I think that's a common thing when we look at these groups, because I've been watching some of these groups. And I'm like. Man, they're... they're- it,
2: it's because... In, in what was the book I just read? Um, Build by Tony... What's his name? He, he helped develop the first iPhone. Okay. Uh, iPod and all that for Apple. But he, he said you can only serve one customer. Right. And what they're trying to do is serve two customers. They're trying to serve the technicians yep. and serve the shops. Yeah. And you can only ultimately serve one customer. So they need to define right. what customer they are going to serve.
0: Well, and, and so what's interesting about it is, is right, like you watch some of the comments in these groups. And like I said, there's there's multiple of them and they they hold very, very similar comments. But a lot of these comments are, oh, the technician should be paid X. And, oh, it, you know, if the shop owner does this, they're a bad shop owner. If the shop owner does that, they're a bad shop owner. And, and, you know, in some of them, I've even commented and said, hey, listen, we're talking about because they're saying, hey, we'll help you go out and get started on your own. And we'll give you advice on how to get started on your own. And I'm reading the advice and I'm like, oh my God, please don't do that. <laughs> right. That's bad. I did that. Yeah, that that's, sucked. Th-
1: that's where I draw the line. The the minute you start giving advice to somebody that they need to go open their own shop. The, Dude. So I was telling you about this building, right? And that this, that I wanted to get into this building and expand out. And I emailed the guy and I'm like, hey, let's do this. I want to see it, this, that, and the other, and he and he tells me that we already have half of it leased out to a repair shop. And I drive by ch- just to check it out, right? And it, it w- it's like a crude, looks like just opened up repair shop. And and here's the thing, like I I don't understand, and I blame shop owners for all this, by the way. I don't understand how they think they're going to be able to properly repair vehicles being under equipped i bootstrapped it from from day one yeah with with what i had in the bank account but guess what like if i had a cheap scanner i could get away with a lot right that's not the case anymore it, it's just not the case anymore you need yeah, to have multiple scan tools you've got to have access to a ton of information you've got to know what you can touch and what you can't touch you've got to know what's going to need this calibration what's going to need that just something as simple service as service information right like you, you've got to it, dude 190 bucks a month they're for, just they're yeah, well, just it's not, it's not with even the, the fantasy, fantasy. No, yeah. it's not even that it's a it's a hundred and whatever 90 dollars but you need to have two uh, uh, to, yeah. Access to, to and then uh, log to, into uh, yes. OE,
0: buy daily subscription here. If you, daily, if subscription you need there. it, we've
1: got a 2020 Wrangler in the shop right now. My tech's like, hey, service information is not available on this thing. Well, guess what? Now I got to pay for the subscription to get into Tech Authority, and so he can properly repair this thing. All of this, it, and here's the thing: like these technicians just don't know. There, there was a comment on starting a, a, a repair shop in the ASOC group. Yeah. And the guy's like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting out on my own. Hey, what's everybody using for service information to find labor hours and this, that, and the other. And it's like, dude, if you don't even know that, if you don't like, if you don't even know what service information, your previous shop that you can't handle, or you can't be at anymore because you just can't put up with it any longer. If you don't even know what service information or how they were even building tickets, what makes you think you can go out on your own? Right. Well, and, and look that that Go work as a service advisor somewhere for a year at least. The here here's my problem, right? Is because these
0: groups are giving bad information to techs. Right. And and, and in the same respect, they're giving bad information to owners and ways of of writing resumes that aren't exactly true and saying we're helping you write a resume that's gonna get you more money. Well, yeah, if you buy on a resume, you can get more money it's it's not going to be sustainable no no no
1: well i will say that if you properly represent yourself and your skills in a good resume the i look i've looked over resumes i used to help people build their resumes resumes are all horribly written like 90% I agree. of them I agree. are horribly oh, written yeah. so you buy into a service that's going to help you build a proper resume but it should accurately reflect your, your abilities. abilities
0: and 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 maybe that's another thing that should be brought up is that a lot of technicians assume their abilities are more than they are. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful, right? I really don't. I'm just saying like, you know, you take them out and you throw them into a real world scenario, you take those protections away. Right. And, and, you know, I was talking to somebody last night, good friend of mine, Ben, right. Y'all know Ben. Um, and, and ben, ben was is. saying,
1: huh? I don't know who Ben is. Yes,
0: yeah, you do. <laughs> um, Ben and I were talking and Ben had said, like, hey, I, I've heard that that the best tech in the shop should earn more than the owner. And I'm like, dude, like the, the best tech in the shop can go get a job tomorrow. The owner can't. Right? Like if the business goes bankrupt, he still has the tax liability to deal with. He still has all of these other liabilities. The yeah. Right. He can't just walk away. As a tech, you can walk away. There's a reason the owner earns more. And, 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 you know, they, they were on to this guy that, that the shop was doing so poorly. And he says, look, uh, you know, I got to start paying everybody flat rate. And and he did it the wrong way. And one of the things that I said was, is like, I, I have a feeling that this guy went and got coaching help and realized he wasn't making any money. Right. And and I think it's easy for techs to look down on the owners. Right. And look down and say, look, these guys are really taking advantage. Ken, I mean, you see it every day. The majority of these owners are not. It's not that they're taking advantage of the tax. They don't have any money. They're not making any money.
2: No, no, no. They're living. It, it's almost like nobody taught them that a business was supposed to be profitable. Yeah, they think they think that the goal is to break even.
0: Yeah, exactly. whether whether
2: that's subconscious or conscious, they they don't plan for profit. And every business should plan for profit. Yeah, and that's one of those things when when you deal with employees like that, they're not taking into into account any of that perspective, right? I mean, you're owner has has one invested in the property in the training and the equipment and the software in a lot of these different things even though you have two because don't get me wrong techs do yeah. too but they're also providing the opportunity to work there they're marketing the business so that cars will come in they're handling all of the tax uh, stuff for you they're they're dealing with hr they're yeah. dealing with all of the i mean you know david you were talking about dealing with the state that's the stuff that the owner has to deal with. Yeah. And heck, they deserve that. But and, you can't you can't confuse yourself with this idea like I I fix cars good. So that means I would run a good business. They're two
0: different <laughs> things. And 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 so that that's kind of what it goes back to is is my belief is a lot of the problem is that we've got technicians that turned owners and they never learned so that is part of the problem, right? It's like, the that fallacy, is-
2: right? Think about think about how much training, how much education, how much time you invested in fixing a vehicle. Yeah. Right? Okay. How much time have you devoted to running a business? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If the answer is, is half, less than half than the time you've invested in fixing a car, that's probably not a good way to go.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's a great point. That. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> How that long it. did it take you to become a good tech? I don't know, five years. How long have you been running a business? Well, I've never ran a business. What makes you think you'd be a good business owner then? You're, right. It's like a brand new tech walking in saying, oh, I'm good as that five-year tech over there. I can do it better. Does that make any sense? No, it makes no <laughs> sense. It makes zero sense. But it's and- every single day. I just don't understand. So this shop opens down the street. It looks like a dirt floor operation. It's not. It's in a nice building, at a nice location. They should be absolutely killing it. Maybe they will. I don't know. I'm going to very arrogantly email the guy and say, well, when they go out of business, <laughs> hook me up and make sure I walk in there <laughs> because I've been down that road, dude. I've been down that road. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now, I don't know how some of these operations are in business and some of these profitable operations are in business. And here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on Kent a little bit. Here's the thing. I agree with you. I hundred percent agree with you. The the business owner should should uh, make make a good chunk of money, <laughs> maybe kind of sorta. I, I don't know. It
0: David's really a socialist. He hasn't told anybody what he's going to do is he's going to split his <laughs> I'm, income I'm, I'm up I'm with in. everybody.
1: I, I'm deep down. And so down they're going to take that.
0: A, they're going to take the honeymoon minus the bite that's already been taken out of it, and they're going to split it up and they're going to hand it out I'm, to everybody. I'm deep
1: down a commune like hippie. I, I just want to live off the earth yeah. and eat. Eat, like dirt, you know. So
0: and and I, listen, it's... so that is what tax evasion eventually leads to. I don't know if you know
1: that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That tax evasion eventually leaves you in in a jail cell. Well, and... that
0: hey, listen, that's the commune hippie deal, right? Like it's not know, a commune hippie anything. And earth and
1: you think they'll send you know, me the clu- concrete
0: to... and steel bars? Those are from the earth, man. It's all natural, very natural. You think, you there, think I'll end up lots in lots club...
1: of nudity. So, um, so <laughs> why I end why up sh- in club fed? do You think I'll end up in club fed? <laughs> or they're going to send me to the to the rough one. So so David why shouldn't an owner make what they make? No no no, they should. They should. They should. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The the issue is there there's a certain I, I look I'm just, I'm trying to figure out a way to word this without without sounding like a like a commie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, you just got to shoot your shot, man. Okay, That's I'm going it. to. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to because it's getting late. He I did object that when the tax lady to, walked in. I objected. Why do you always got to bring that up? Huh? <laughs> why just do, why real, do you have to bring you? that up?
0: You just shot your shot, man. I didn't shoot or, any shot. There's no shot, wait a There's no shot to you be said. T- uh, what was the ex-service advisor's name you shot? Oh, no. Never mind. I can't say that on the air. I'll take
1: You know, you know. You're making it seem like there's something shady going. There's nothing. There's nothing. Nothing going on.
0: Ever. There's clearly nothing going on. You turned into a blobbling whatever you want to call a puddle of drool on the floor. It's okay. Anyway,
1: <laughs> I, I was on a roll here, and you you, you screwed me up, mentioning me up.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you that anyway. later,
1: Kent. There's nothing to tell. There's nothing to tell. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I object in part to things like company retreats. Let's look at it that way, uh, as something. If the business is generating enough income to be able to all of a sudden, hey, we're all going to a company retreat. And we're all going to, uh, you know, enjoy time at what, whatever, at this amusement park. And uh, we're going to spend, you know, the weekend in the mountains. Then why not pay the, the employees more? Why not pay the employees more? Okay. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Like, I, I have no, the idea behind it sounds very nice and woo-woo and everybody looks at it and they're like, oh, I'd like to be able to do company retreats. I'm looking at it from an owner standpoint and I'm like, that's a tax write-off, dear. I want to go on vacation too and you know we can all of a sudden I'm but, renting out my ho- second home to the business and I can write off that dollar amount and all the travel and this that and the other because I'm I'm getting to the point where I've got to look for things to spend on and and I, I, I got I got two points for you.
2: Okay, go ahead. Okay. First point, as a business owner, it's your responsibility to pro- provide your employees a livelihood and a livelihood is not just a paycheck. A livelihood is the way that you want to live. That's that's what you you yeah. know how you want to live. So that's one. Two, though they are, could be seen as exploitative. It's a tax write off. All that. There's something to be said about employee
1: morale. Yeah, and I those I, I agree with you. Okay, but but those, those. So I spend a, I spend a lot of time with my staff. Okay, because I. You know, I have to show up. They have to show up. We're around each other all day. The last thing I want to do <laughs> is go like on, on a weekend trip with them. They don't want to see me. I don't want to see them. They need to go live their lives with their friends and families. We need to go live our lives with our friends and families. And this, like, let's get together and have this retreat, this, that, and the other. Like, I mean, if it if it is done in
0: that way right like we take off and we you know a couple weekends ago we went to uh we went to the ball game right and we you know we took off and went to STX and that was for training but like we went to universal right and it wasn't them hanging No no out what so hold on
1: hold on there's a difference though there's a difference okay. The difference is you shut down your shop and during company time You were, instead of working on cars, you were doing a training and then there was some evening activities. Like we're shutting down for ASTE. Yeah. I see that as an extension of work, but not as a, and and it is an opportunity to increase morale. And here's where I see the benefit is that they're going to be able to see the scope of the industry, the best in the industry coming together and interacting with each other and networking. It is work, though. It it's is a work function. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't think you get that by going to the 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 vacation home of the owner uh, at the no. beach to because the, it that's a tax write off the 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 charge to the company. But I mean, how many how and many
0: have you seen doing that? I
1: I, I, I think mean, the it, the bigger shops do it because they can, and it becomes a low key flex and they and i don't fault them for it i don't fault them for it because it looks attractive to maybe a prospective employee but for for them to put it out there it's it's a flex dude it's a it's like like anything else on social media it's a flex like you're putting out your very best and i'm looking at it like dude you play you pay flat rate you work your guys on weekends you're working, you're working them like a borrowed mule, and if they're flagging you eight instead of ten, you're firing them. That's the environment that you're that you're cultivating, and you make it up by having employee retreats to the beach house see, on the see, weekends. That's, like,
2: see, that's where you you run into the issue of of whether or not. So they might be running a business that can do that, stuff like that, but then you got to talk about ethics and morality there, right? Are they doing yeah. what's best for the employees? And If they're not, then yeah, they likely shouldn't be doing retreats like that. Well, they they think they're doing the best for the employee, and and well, there's there's a lot of benefit, You know, there's a lot of benefits to doing that. You get to bump elbows with the best of the best. It gives you perspective. It helps to
1: go to morale. ASTE. It, but if it's just like, uh, hey, I have six locations and all six are going off to do this retreat thing, and we've got you know twenty five I I thirty the post employees. That sparked this? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not trying to single anybody out. I'm just saying, like. In my mind, and this is again, I have no way if, to say this without it sounding David, super common. If you if you could do it, would you? I can do it and don't.
0: Uh, you've got a beach house, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know.
1: <laughs> I, you know. I don't. I don't have a beach house, but, but so why don't you take your guys out then? I see them every day. They don't want to see me. I don't want to see them. Like, it's not that. It's There's no animosity there. We love each other. It's all woo-woo. We pinch each other's nipples. We're good. It's not even a thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> in an HR-appropriate way, that came off like completely wrong. Anyway.
2: <laughs> you don't take them out on vacations. You pinch their nipples.
0: I mean, come on. I know, man. right? Well, that look, sounds that, like a great time i'm sorry like
1: that, um, all i'm saying
0: that, is that's payback for the for the bruised nipple i mean i'll never forget he comes to a show one time and he's like dude he's like they popped me with a grease rag and it like really hurt my nipple and i'm like what are you talking about and he goes pulling it his shirt up he's bruise. got this giant
1: purple nipple yeah oh i left God. off he he hit me anyway that's just not even, let's not bring up the purple nipple uh, all i'm saying is it, I just I see it as a as a flex over and and almost staged does that, make, does, that yeah, does that make it, sense it, it kind it's of like, has to be
2: staged because if you're going to invest that amount of time, energy, you know, money into something that big, one because it serves all those purposes, you should also take advantage of the opportunity to market your business as a place for good technicians to go. But then but there, it's, has, it's, to that's, that's point, there has to be follow up. There has to be follow through because you can't just be like, "Hey, we're the best shop ever," and then treat your guys like shit. Don't pay I, them well I, it's, enough. It's, no, no, have, no, have, no. I
1: think I think these places are paying their guys extremely well. That's not that's not my, what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying that the the business's focus is not in my mind. In my mind. The business's focus is on the wrong thing and it is perpetuating the problems in the industry rather than alleviating them. So,
0: you know, one of the things that as my business has grown and I've gotten more friends in our industry, I've noticed is that I've I've watched people who have a really strong moral and ethical uh, compass veer in one direction or another right we're human beings our, our mindset changes our beliefs change things change and people that that would not ever 5 years ago think about spending on themselves in this like really lavish vacation or whatever it be they get a taste of that and they say man i really like that i really i really enjoy this or whatever it may be and then their moral or ethical compass shifts a little bit, right? And, and, and we've talked about the, isn't it, you call it the 1080-10 rule or whatever, David? It, it's, it's very much the same concept. They, they move on that slide back and forth. They're not completely sorry and just ripping people off. And they're not just absolute saints over here, but they're willing to slide on that scale of what they feel is acceptable. And the more they experience, and and I guess in, in some ways, I have caught myself doing this a few times. It's almost like you get out of touch with what it feels like to be a technician. It's like you get out of touch of what it feels like to be a service advisor. You don't feel that anymore. And so you just go in there and you say, and, 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 I would never say anything bad about a coaching company with Kent here. Uh, <laughs> we can talk bad about some of them, right? Um, but but my point is, is there's so many coaching companies that they come in and they say, hey, just have them go do this. Dude, how long has it been since you've worked in a shop? Because the client of today won't tolerate that. The client of today is not going to respond well to that. The technician of today can't do that. You know what I'm saying? And no, no, no.
1: The, they, they absolutely can. The problem is and the and the consumer will, will because there's at the base level, there are psychological tactics that because we're human are going to always work. I
0: understand, but my I, I think you're missing my point. In a lot of ways, times have changed and and the experiences of a guy in the shop thirty years ago are not the exact same experience we have today. Right?
1: The experience used of to be writing guy, paper
0: tickets, now we're on shopware. And so, my point fundamentally,
1: it's the same thing, but um, the experiences of the guy 30 years ago has created the industry we have now. The there's 190,000 techs short, or whatever the number is, that that we're short in the industry, uh, poor service levels, you know, people people as a whole, people as a whole have become,
2: you know, too. It's some, I don't know, last time I looked, some ridiculous number, they've become so efficient due to today's tools, but with that efficiency comes more work, comes mm-hmm. more intricate details that you have to manage. I mean, look at how complicated vehicles are now. Look at how complicated yeah. some of the systems that you have to have to operate a business are now. The guys who were working 40, 50 years ago didn't have shop management systems.
0: Right. Or, and, and that, I don't know if you
2: guys that, saw it, somebody posted
0: someone who was using microfilm Yeah, I, think to, I saw to write up ROs. <laughs> And, and and maybe that's kind of my point is like they go out and they get a coach and they become disconnected with what it's like to be on that front counter and sell that work, right? The business grows. They get somebody that's giving them advice and they're just like – because that, that's what one of the things that we hear a lot of techs talk about is he got one of those coaches and he's just in here yelling at us to do more, do more, do more. They just expect more, <sighs> more, more, So, more, so more, here's my gripe.
2: Right? That's probably not a good coach because I a good agree. coach would tell you that you need to have good – con. Uh, um, communication with your team you need to have them buy in on the goals of the company you need to have those talks and those discussions to talk about look what what is an as an owner what can I provide you that will help one do your job to fulfill you and bring you meaning right yeah those those are conversations you you should be having
0: I agree and not just I going agree. and
2: cracking the whip whoa! whoa, whoa. And, and-
1: say that again though say that again which what one? tools do you need to do what?
2: To do your job and provide meaning. Oh, provide meaning and fulfillment. Sorry, I was I said a bunch of things. Like, yeah, <laughs> like which one do you want me to repeat? There's, so there's like for me, there's there's five things that prevent fee- people from. This is what I teach. There's five things that prevent people from from accomplishing things. One, it's a lack of tools. Right? Do you have the right tools to do the job? Two. It's a lack of knowledge or information. 3, it's a lack of experience. Do I have the skill to do that? 4, it's a lack of opportunity. I don't have the time or the ability to add another thing on my plate. And the last one is lack of motivation. What would motivate me to do the things that we need to do? And so yeah. when I'm coaching, and sorry, not a not a plug or anything like that, but when I'm coaching, those are the types of conversations I'm having with the owner to say, look, these are areas you need to address as an owner with your team. They need to feel that, they, that you have checked off all of those boxes for them and that they're bought in on the goal of the company and that they benefit from that as well and understand where their part is to play in the, in the grand scheme of the business. If they don't understand those things, then yes, you're definitely going to have um, dissent open up within your company. You're going to have techs who feel that the owner is is being extravagant when why isn't he paying us more? Right? So communication, it's it's huge. And if your coach isn't teaching you to be uh, to implement good communication strategies, then they're
1: likely not a good coach. But well, I and- think the 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 goal for a lot of shop owners becomes getting to that point of disconnection like Lucas you're saying. I think they're just goal, watch the
0: percent, just another percent, another percent. Give yeah. Another they they percent. want give to be disconnected
1: percent. because they want to be able to roll up in, yeah. in that, they, in that. And then that's, and that's the dollars car so, and never have to look at or have that conversation with that employee that's making 20 bucks an hour. That's a Luby. And I never, I never want to look you in the face and say, "Yeah, the reason why you're working Saturdays is because I need to make that hundred and fifty thousand dollar car payment, or I need that second house, or I need to pay for that vacation home, or whatever." Right? Like they don't want to have that conversation. They don't want to look that person in the eye and and say, "Look, things." The reason why I'm not giving you another five bucks an hour is because, uh, you know, I need that money. And so, rather than have that. They, they have to distance themselves, and that's what they look for in the coaching company. The coaching company is looking to get them, quote-unquote, out of the business. Work on the business, not in the business, blah, blah, blah. That kind of BS. And not that you shouldn't. You absolutely shouldn't. That's not what I'm trying to say. All I'm saying is that there, there should be a level of connection. And that's not for everybody. I get it. It's not for everybody. But the percentage of shop owners that are trying to build empires should be so infinitesimally small that I even said that, say that correctly. I didn't got all the syllables out. It should be so small that you can count them on, on a couple of hands. And then you have everybody else and everybody else needs to operate from a different mindset, from a different base level. And it should be uh, Hey, let's, let's create meaning and purpose to what we do every single day. What does that look like for you, and how can I facilitate that for you within the business? The, the goal shouldn't be let's do another twenty percent this year. <laughs> the hell does the, that matter?
2: The goal, and I argue with my dad about this, uh, just more for the minutia of it. But you know, the goal should never be the number, right? I have so so so. If I'm to set a goal, the only reason I I'm setting a goal is to prove the process, right. That's really all it does. And the process serves our purpose. Okay. So it doesn't stem from, I need one more percent. And if the focus is on that, and you've got a coach who's incentivized to only get that number and make sure that your shop is getting that number, then the owner is going to focus on that number. Right. What you focus on improves, but then you do lose sight. You get tunnel vision. But your purpose should be first and foremost and your processes should serve the purpose. And the only reason you should be setting goals is to prove the process. That's an
0: interesting way to look at it. My dad hates it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me he probably shouldn't listen to this episode. Maybe I don't care.
1: (laughs) We we have these, these conversations all the time, but I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. And it's cause it's, uh, well, I'm ninety nine percent. It's too woo woo for me. But I'm just saying, it's like
0: woo <laughs>
1: <laughs> because the alternative to me, the alternative is it's it's very corporate. It's you know we need to increase shareholder value. It is it is so and,
2: it's so hard to align yourself on those deep rooted meaningful relationships when you have a hundred employees. Hell, yeah. when you have thirty employees, yeah, it's insanely difficult. And then that's when you have have those conversations of restructuring and seeing where your your areas of of um, uh, accountability are and how you're you're dealing with those relationships because as soon as you get above thirty, you're not really going to be dealing with the guys that who are doing the the most important
0: work of the business, right? And and you know, I, I have talked to so many owners who are are striving for that MSOs right. And one of oh. the interesting things that comes from all of them is they're really just looking for the opportunity to get someone to buy them out, right? They're looking for this consolidation hit where everybody's trying to buy all these businesses. They're just looking for the right time, the right person. Look, I'm not worried about the people. I'm not worried about the shop. I'm worried about making it as profitable as possible right now so I can get my take when it's time to take my money. There's and, a and fallacy
2: there because you can only, you can only, run run as lean as that for, for so long right and by the way right. those PE companies are going to be looking at that and go okay what's your company morale what's your turnover rate mm-hmm. they don't they don't care how well I mean yeah they care that the business is profitable but they want to see profit over profit over profit as well yeah. as employee retention they want to see that you've negotiated contracts with all your vendors they want to see I mean there's a long list and doing yeah. the right and and in you know coincidentally, doing the right things meaning you're taking care of your employees you've got training programs in place you're working with a consultant or a coaching program that can help you keep on track and doing the right things in your business they want to see those things they want to see that you're doing ongoing training taking your team out they want to see those things because that shows sustainability into the the asset that they're purchasing
1: yeah and and well look, hold on so, now that doesn't make any sense because the minute you
0: remove the head well and hey I was getting ready to comment to that right i was getting ready to comment to that warren buffett and 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 look you can say whatever you want about the man he's brilliant right there's no arguing warren buffett is brilliant and and if you go do a little bit of research on some of the things he said he's said i will not buy a business that the the management won't stay in it i would rather pay them whatever money they want to stay there and run the business i am more interested in their culture than their profit yep I you know and and I, I think that is such an interesting way and he said because they asked him, they said, Hey, Warren, how have you been so successful at buying businesses that just make money and he said, look he said, here's the deal. I can go to China and borrow a hundred million dollars tomorrow for one percent and if I borrow it for one percent and can buy a business that can make ten percent and I don't have to do anything I just made really good money. I made nine yeah. percent. I'm getting stingy in my old age. I want fifteen. I want twenty. But he said the only way that I accomplish that is buying businesses with a good management and leadership strategy that has a good culture, and the business is profitable when I buy it. It's purpose, right? man. And There's exactly. your woo-woo,
2: David. Yeah, that 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 has power because if you start with purpose, it trickles down. If you're teaching key leadership within your management team, when you leave, they'll retain that success within your shop whether you the stay or not whether you sell it and that's what pe companies are looking for
1: i don't think that's i don't think that's possible i and it has to transfer to somebody else so i can see what lucas is saying i can see that there are there are key people in the, within the business that rather than selling out to a pe you're selling to one of the key people within the business and becomes a smooth transition or your children. You, you see what I'm saying? Like you there's a legacy there and the legacy's being passed on because some, you know, we don't live forever. That makes sense to me in my head. What doesn't make sense is a PE coming out looking at, look, this is so nice. Move. They all give each other hugs every single morning. And, and you know, it's wonderful here. Let's chop off the person that developed all this because they want out. I, I just don't see like it then, then all of it was BS. It was you were well, putting and, up and, a show and, to to maximize profitability, and, to maximize the value of the business. So you could sell out to be so, David. That, David, David how long point. are you going to run your business until I get sick of it, and then I'll dump it and run? Okay,
2: Which there, was, ha- there I has I don't know to last be... week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there has to you be some have cutoff with me a couple hours. There has no, to be I, some. I, cutoff. I, 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 yeah, I agree with you, but look what you're doing with your father. Like that makes sense to me. That, that makes sense to bring my, I, you know, I've got two kids. It makes sense to me to bring my kids into the business and see them grow up. But it's not even that. Look, uh, the uh, Ron Hogan, he owns uh, Westside Auto Pros in Iowa, right? He had two two locations. He had a, a very, very profitable towing business. He had this thing humming. What did he do? He sold out to his, his top manager. Now within the business, everybody already saw that top manager as a key person within the business and they, They just picked that legacy up and ran with it. That makes sense to me. Now, he got he he developed a very nice business, and he got lucky by finding the right person that wanted to take and run with it. What doesn't make any sense to me is selling out to strangers, thinking you're buying an asset. And if you're running it like that, if you're running it like a Midas or a Meineke or whatever, just like a normal everyday chain, it doesn't matter who owns it. But that's what you're stepping into. And that's my gripe. You're stepping into something that is perpetuating the industry that we've been dealing with or or has created the industry we're dealing with today. Because that's what's made the money up to this point. And, and it'll probably keep making the money in the future. And I'm just, you know, tilting at windmills here. But I, all I'm saying is that if we don't change in as, as individual shop owners, if we don't change our mindset and start looking at, Purpose, like you were saying, Kent, as woo-woo as it may sound, if you don't start looking at it as as purpose-driven businesses, then we're never going to get out of the the situation if, that we're in now.
2: If your business is reliant on you to be the cornerstone of your culture, then you're probably doing something wrong. I disagree with it. wholeheartedly. Disagree that. with
0: I, you. No, I can. I agree with you. You have to set the tone. You might have to no, set no, no, no. You have to set the is-
2: tone, but your your team, how you develop that with your team, everyone should be beholden to the culture that you set, so that even if you the as culture the owner is a reflection even if of you the people, you already off have course. There. Sorry, go ahead. Even if you go off course, your tech can say, "Hey, that's not how we do things," and you go,
1: "You know what? You're right." No. that's when you know you've done it right i 100% agree with you at that point but the it's not that it's it it hinges on you in the sense that you set the tone and you you set the purpose and you find people that fit into it Th- does that make sense like it i want to make sure that the people that i hire in are, will fit within this culture that we've developed here. And it, everybody interacts with each other with this certain mindset. That's on me as the owner. And yeah, does everybody hold each other accountable and this, that, and the other? Yeah, absolutely. But if all of a sudden I step out of it, it doesn't just run on its own. You know, the operations is there, but that purpose, that vision, that, that mindset that mentality, those guardrails that are set up by the owner, they're I, gone. I and can you're tell you're bringing in anybody, and they're just they're doing whatever the hell they want. All of a sudden, they, that they blows shouldn't. up.
2: They shouldn't. And if if it's a if it's a smart comp, a, a smart PE company, they won't touch it.
1: The, if you if that's my point that that ultimately that's my point. If you have and, and, built and Frank, something that a PE wants to buy, then I think all you you're a poser. That's all I'm saying. You have, just, you have just created a farce. It is It looks that way, but it's not really that way. So because what, at the what end of the, the day, you can step away, and it doesn't make a bit of difference.
2: So why did you start a
1: business? Because I'm unemployable. <laughs> That's 100% true. I'm unemployable. You know, that, that, <laughs> oh.
0: that is a Cecil Bullard laugh if I've ever heard one. And he <laughs> laughed the exact same Sorry. way when the exact same way when david said that
1: i just want to put that out there it's it's 100 true look i don't you wouldn't want me working for you in a million years i'm a terrible employee, bro i don't, bro, I don't I, even want to work with
2: you it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get me wrong david you know there's there's a lot of points that i agree with you on I'm, I'm kind of playing the devil's advocate here because no that's what we do here yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't really want to be you know there there is that that idea are you giving are you just trying to, to cram as much profit into it as possible so you can sell it at the highest bidder and I think it's it's both I mean like if I look at the if I look at this company so the, the Institute okay I hope to God at some point if my dad gets to that point where he wants to sell his company and make a legitimate like a you know a shit ton of money because he sold a really successful business then he should do that and I would be happy. Because he spent forty years, fifty years I don't know shit, he's really old. You know, a long time <laughs> developing this and building it into something that hopefully will carry him until he is in his grave. And yeah. not that he needs to work until he's in his grave. And, and not that uh, you the have problem, to work and, though, and, the people, you, like, and the yeah. And and the people that I work with and my employees as well. Um, again, if that culture's strong, you guys are all driven on purpose, they'll carry the purpose on and they'll see, yeah. you know, they're not going to see it as like, Oh, that owner they're, they're making so much more money than me, but they'll see, look, I understand where he's coming from. I understand the investment he's made. I understand the investment he's made in me. He sent me to training. He's helped me develop my skills. He's paid for all of
1: this stuff so that I'm valuable. That's and only because you're second gen dude. You're <laughs> second generation I'm second gen. yeah I'm just telling you like by the third fourth fifth gen dude and by that time it becomes uh, a training module and you're watching a 15minute video in 1957 uh Cecil Bullard pulled up to his shop and decided <laughs> he was done and you know it's all black and white and you're learning about the history of the company so you can buy into the culture and it's all BS it is so BS I, I'm just I'm cringing at the thought. I remember watching the videos the, the the corporate jobs I had, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna buy into this, and you know, and and you you trick yourself into doing it so you so it means something to get up every single day and bust your ass to get the work done to make the company more money so you can increase shareholder value. Like it's so meaningless at it's the end of the a, day. It's
2: it's such a cynical point of view to have. <laughs> I I I will never forget. One I love it though. I, I mean it's it don't get me wrong. I'm a pessimist by nature. You don't um, sound like one. Join the
1: dark side, Ken.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, man, the thing is. I mean so I don't know if you guys have seen Rick and Morty. Oh okay. yeah. Well, everybody's seen it. Okay. There was an interview with Dan Harmon where he was talking about the perspective of the show, right? And he said, it's interesting because if you expand to the grandeur of space, right, of the infinite, you know, beyond, it's so much that it almost has no meaning. It's only when you you dive in, shrink down to a, yeah. a family unit and their yeah. struggles and their relationships where you find purpose and meaning. That and, is dude, that's deep. And it's that's what deep. it's what you focus on, what you put your attention on. And if you can, you know, I don't know how your employees are. I hope, you know, they're doing all right. <laughs> but if you continue to f- <laughs> if you continue to focus on on a pessimistic view, on a, you know, and I see where you're coming from. You've been playing devil's advocate, but if, no, you're, no, I, 100% if you're too pessimistic, too dark, this. too narcissist,
1: I mean, I mean, that's gotta be miserable, man. I think uh, you you've got it all wrong here B- because I think the opposite is narcissistic I think the opposite is meaningless I'm just telling you you are you're putting on a meaning to something that is meaningless I however don't see it that way I think it's important that the, the relationships we develop within the business are so much more important than the profit at the end of the day it is so much more important that we provide Meaning and purpose to our lives in what we do every single day than it is for me to squeeze out another five percent. You know, so that's all. That's I'm sorry. I wait for you to start talking and I interrupt you on purpose. It's
0: I'm used to it, right? It's the ADD thing. It happened. You know, my wife has ADHD too. I'm used to it. Okay, but but here here's the thing that I'll say is um, in the past there were interviews. And in those interviews, we spoke with people. And then later on, someone would reach out and say, do you think they really believe that? Like, I work for them. Do, do you really think that they think that's true? And that was really interesting to hear.
1: You made that when, overly vague. Say that again. You, I'm trying to pinpoint the person you're talking. About. <laughs> is this a, Is this an employee reaching out? Talking about this, their owner, like
0: somewhat, yeah. Okay, yeah. Th- this was this was an interview that we did, and they talked about culture. They talked about the business. They talked about all these things. And when they reach, th- this all happens. I knew some of their employees, and their employees reached out and said, "Man, do they really believe that? Because that's not what it's like to work here. That's exactly. not what we go through every single day, man. That that sounds a lot like." you're really caring about your people but man that's not what we're experiencing so and that that's hard to hear and th- when you say you you become a product of what you focus on you become a product of where your focus is you know if i focus on wanting to build a really awesome race car for the shop i'll build a really awesome race car while everything else burns to the ground around me Yep. Right. If I focus on building an amazing, super profitable business, I can build a super profitable business, but the culture can burn down around me. One of the biggest fears of being a business owner, the biggest stresses of being a business owner for me is I try and float all of those plates. Right now I've got too many plates floating and I am dropping plates left and right. But my point is, is that how many of us think that our culture is amazing? How many of us think that we're hitting all the marks out of the park? And you 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 find out later, you know, hey, it it's 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 people before profit. And and you know, look, I'm from the country, right? And and people still sit in rocking chairs out here and chew tobacco and and you know, they're rocking back and forth in chair. You think I really believe that? <laughs> No, I don't.
1: I mean, that's, what, I don't that's, know, maybe? that's my point. That's my point is at a certain point, it becomes contrived BS. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example just the idea of employee of the month. If you have a big enough, in- uh, business a big enough organization that you can announce uh jane smith is our employee of the month everybody claps and they get a little trophy and they get a a nice steak dinner and this that and the other that is such contrived bs it is a show of culture a show of meaning and purpose when there is nothing it is it is vapid it is just it's such bs and so Rather than sit down with, he couldn't take it anymore. He had to turn the AC on. (laughs) No. Rather than, oh, that was the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) my mom and dad upstairs. (laughs) So rather than sit down with that employee and say, look, this is where you are within this organization. This is where we would like to see you, where we need you to be, this, that, and the other. What can we do for you? Where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself? How can we grow together? How can I facilitate that? Is those are those business, are literally like it, my first three questions when I interview somebody. But I mean, how how do you? But you this is a they don't even know the answer con- to
0: that question.
1: I I, I I agree. I agree. But it's not throwing their their face up on the wall and calling them employee of the month. I guarantee you, it's not that that they're going to work their asses off so they can be employee of the month. Like that somehow matters. Nobody cares. They don't care. We don't care. We're just throwing it up there because we don't want them to quit because then we have to work. So we're like, just throwing it up there. Just like, Oh, look, I'm going to pat you on the back. Pat, pat. Here's your employee of the month plaque. It's so meaningless rather than sitting down and with that person as an individual and having a conversation of what can I do for you? What can I facilitate for you? What can I do to make your life better? What can we do to grow together? As an organization, as an owner, as an employee, what can we do? Let's talk about this. Let's have this conversation. And not just once. It's those every are single are hard week.
0: conversations, man. It
1: shouldn't be, Those though. are hard. I understand,
0: but those are hard conversations. That is hard to, to learn to do that. A lot of owners, right? Like, a lot of them are technicians who went and started a shop. They were service advisors who went and started a shop. Fix the car. Right? When you, like when I, you shift, I just want to fix the car.
2: When you shift that position, right? from being an employee to an to an employer your responsibility shift absolutely right? that 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 mantle you have to wear and carry is immense and it's difficult yeah. to have those conversations when you're saying i have to follow
1: through on this yeah I'm not saying the conversations are easy. They they fill me with anxiety right up until the moment where the person sits down and I and I'm looking at them and I'm like, <laughs> Because you know, I don't like to talk to people, right? This is about as close as I can get, and you're on a computer screen. It's, you know, whatever. But face to face, it's it's a much more difficult thing because you're reacting to nuances, right? That you're looking at them and you, you feel like they don't, they're not happy and you're unhappy and this, that, and the other what i'm saying is that without having those conversations you really cannot build the type of organization that we're talking about that that provides purpose and meaning to what we do every single day you cannot do it without having those conversations because you're building it from the bottom up you have to you have to know what it is that drives them and it's not more money it's never more money but it's we've gotten it in our heads shop owners everywhere that it's, Oh, it's just, if I pay them better, I'm going to take them out on these retreats. We're going to be doing, you know, I'm going to take them out on the lake and we're going to go jet skiing for the weekend. They're going to really enjoy. They're going to, they're going to get a chance to see what my life looks like on the weekends because they can't afford any of this stuff. How is that fair? How is that, how is that supposed to motivate them? It's not, it's going to create animosity. It's that's all it's doing. And the minute these employees realize it is, did we, did he just spend the entire weekend flexing on us? This is a really nice house. This is a nice Lake. He pulled up in his, you know, giant van and pulling this huge boat because we bought him a boat. And you know, I'm not this, uh, again, this sounds so commie and I'm so anti commie. It's terrible. I feel bad, but I'm just telling you, like, if you don't have these conversations and look at these individuals as humans and and i'm sorry that's that's my point is that you cannot commoditize that you cannot say that these relationships and that conversation that i had about the meaning and purpose of their life that conversation cannot be commoditized commoditized yeah I and agree. it cannot be sold off and to the pe that's not going to happen that relationship cannot be replaced a new relationship will have to be formed but again that relationship has to be there And it may be completely different people after the sale, but that relationship has to be there. Otherwise, it's just contrived.
0: Uh, To me, it goes back to the the story of the Nebraska Furniture Mart, right? Like, I'm I'm sure you've heard her story, right?
1: No idea. But we have one here that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, she was an immigrant. She came here with nothing, right? And started a business from scratch. I mean, dude, like hardcore scratch. Lost everything a couple times. Turned it into the world's biggest furniture mart. Right. And build a culture around the furniture mart that that was like nothing you had ever seen. And and it it's another Warren Buffett story. Go back and listen to the story. And he said, like, I bought the company because she was there. If she wasn't there, I would have never bought the company. I, w- I was hiring her. Yeah, I, I gave billions of dollars for the company, but it wasn't the company I was buying. I was I was hiring her. That's how I was going to hire her. Right, And he said, I put her in place and her team in place and asked them to continue doing what they were doing. And the and, minute and she I died,
1: if she did die or whatever, you become I'm, employee five, seven, two. I'm pretty sure three, she did, five, but seven, the family two. took it over and
0: kept going with it.
1: It's it's a nice it's a nice it's a nice business. It's very successful. We have one here in Kansas City. They do very well. We've bought stuff from them. It's whatever. I'm just saying that the guy delivering that washing machine on Saturday at 4 p.m. has no connection to that. That's what I'm saying. And if that's what you want to build, then good, great, do it. That's fantastic. I just don't understand why it seems so damn desirable to so many people.
0: What's that? Rose Blumpkin founded in 1937.
1: Why does that seem so desirable to so many shop owners that I'm going to create an organization that's going to create employee number three, seven, four, five, that's going to be working at 4 PM doing that last minute oil change uh, on a Saturday, because I need to squeeze out a little bit more revenue and a little bit more profit in order to show a 20% increase year over year in order to increase the value of the business. Why would you want to I, build that?
0: I, I'm, I'm just, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sidetrack you for just a second. I've got to share it. In 37, Blumpkin borrowed the initial $500 investment from her brother while her husband continued to run their second-hand clothing store. In 1983, at age 89, Miss B sold 80% of the Nebraska furniture market to Warren Buffett in a one-page handshake deal. Buffett bought the cor- company without auditing her books. Uh, or her inventory, instead basing the deal on his own shopping experience at the Mart and his respect for the Blumpkin family. Um, she sold it because of the belief that if she sold before her death, her children wouldn't fight over the company. She continued to work at the store, putting in her normal 70-hour work week, using an electric scooter to get around. Ended up working until she died in the store. She, at 95, they forced her into retirement, and that right after that's when she died.
1: I'm gonna be working at 95 in my little scooter. I'm gonna have a heart attack of 50, 49. We'll see. I'm just saying, like, and then I'll, I'll just croak and die. But you know, I no. Nah,
0: listen, bro. The, the, I hate to tell you this. You're gonna be one of those people who like, we're pushing around, just fueled by hate, yeah, and cynicism. <laughs> Not going to be able to talk. He's going to have to bottle it all up inside. We're just going to push. He'll him have, around, he'll have
2: a seizure a day and just be fueled by rage. You know exactly. I, I came He's across just this watching thread. this
1: devolve around <laughs> him. <laughs> Do I sound hateful and and cynical? I, I don't understand. I, I thought I was sounding very uh, very woo woo and and kumbaya. I I came across this thread, and it, the argument was um, all all taxes by paid by a business are really just paid by the customer all taxes every single time you increase taxes on a business you're just increasing the what the customer has to pay or you're decreasing the size of the company in some way shape or form they don't have an extra employee they're cutting back on something to to absorb the cost but at the end of the day and oh man all these business owners just started piling on that no 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 business owners pay a lot of taxes look the workman's comp and payroll taxes and property taxes and blah 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 and they were just adamant that at the end of the day uh, all that is just bs because you're paying it out of gross revenue and gross revenue is generated by the customer if the customer doesn't pay you don't have any gross revenue guess what you're not paying anything And therefore can't pay your taxes. You're just going to go out of business. Everything is paid by the customer. Should be. Absolutely every single dime. Not it should be anything. At some point you run out of money. Even if you've got a personal stash, you run out of that personal stash if you're funding the company out of your own pocket. And then what? Like the the one guy goes, hey, I borrowed money to pay my tax bill. It's like, okay, great. How are you paying on that loan? Out of gross revenue. It's the customer paying every single dime of taxes. And uh, it was seen as a cynical viewpoint. I I don't understand where this is all getting labeled as cynical. The customer customer should pay for everything. The customer
2: does pay for everything. That's how that works.
1: No, no, no. I know I will,
2: huh? We've worked with a lot of shops. There's a lot of shop owners who are paying into their business just to keep things afloat. Paying out of their own pocket to pay employees to do certain things and it's uh, due to it's due to to naivety it's due to lack of experience in that position and all that but you know that's to, to me i don't think that's a cynical viewpoint at all that just is the way that it should be customers should be paying for everything everything
1: absolutely yeah so when you raise taxes on a business the only one suffering is the customer
2: yep if it's a good business because if the business doesn't know to raise their prices, then or well, adjust pricing that, and I stuff like that, I, was
1: yeah. I think the argument was that in some businesses they can't raise their prices, or otherwise they wouldn't be they wouldn't be uh, competitive. But oh. I know, I know, and and then at the end of the day, it's like okay, well then don't be competitive like that. Pivot, pivot. Like you, ha- yeah, you have to offer something different that nobody else is offering. I
2: want to, I want to posit this. You know why. Cause I like take, take my dad, for instance, my dad wants to make an impact on the industry, right? If he didn't have me, he'd still try to go for it. And in, you know, near the end of his life, I'm sure he would want to sell, sell his valuable company for a good chunk of change. Why can't he also want what's best for the culture of his company and put things in place to make sure that his employees are taken care of the culture persists beyond him, all of those things. And not become a you know a shop like you were saying, where some guy's got to you know do a a, um, a quick oil change on a Saturday evening.
1: I, I think it's naive to to think that that's completely possible. So some so, some concessions will have to be made, and not that that I'm not saying that they're all unacceptable. No, I, I think. I think some concessions can be made and everything's fine and uh, I don't know. I don't know. And in my he, he can probably do it. I, you know, he he knows what he's doing. I, in my mind I I'm I'm just I'm trying to do it.
2: I'm trying to be the opposite of what your stance is, you know. I think that good people can still be good people and still think, provide on those things and still take the route that they're taking with a lot of the MSOs. Do I think everyone will? No, I guarantee there's a lot of guys who are squeezing out what they can out of their shops to try and sell to the highest bidder. I think, I think the, the but I think there's good, good people out there. I think who the are,
1: definition of good becomes very malleable at that point. <laughs> I, I do. I, it's just, it's, it's so, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, just, like
2: there's, there's, there could be an owner out there who, when he sells his, uh, his empire, quote unquote, he could give every employee a portion of that as a thank you for letting me get to this point upon the purchase of the of the business i,
1: I mean there's there's
2: happened. there's opportunities for good people to do good things outside of this cuz uh, and not to again i'm not trying to like oh it's so pessimistic but the line of the line of the path that you're taking with this david is there's only one way to get to and it's all bs
0: you you know that's David, right? I I know.
2: <laughs> I've listened to enough of your guys podcasts.
0: Yeah, everything's that, very that is black like and David, white. like David, you you yeah. nailed the definition of David beautifully.
1: I just look. no 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 no. I so I I th- uh I throw out a very distinct dichotomy. <laughs> in the hopes that I, in the hopes that I get some pushback because I want to see. No, no, it's more nuanced than that. Okay, then explain the nuance to me, B- because I'm mean, I'm genuinely interested. If, but I've been I've been around the corporate world enough, and I've seen the MSOs do what they do enough to at this point, um. I think just be you, grossed out by it. It's just, I think you it, have a lot. And
2: I'm like, ew. I think you have a lot of good owners, uh, good people who chose to run a business because they wanted to to run a good, honest business, who happened to find the right path to become a successful business. I think you're seeing that more and more now, where these people finally are running good businesses and they're building these empires. But they're good, decent, honest people, like most of the people in the automotive industry, who just wanted to run a good, honest business because there was this perception of the industry. And there's a lot of them who are now at the top at this point. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people who are on that side of, of, again, what you're saying is they're, they're the PEs, they're the MSOs. They're just trying to scrape it for every dime. But I think on the other side of it, you have a lot of good, honest people who are at that top as well, who are trying to do the right thing and try to set things in place where whatever negotiation they came to with the PE companies, it is securing the protection of their employees, their team that got them to that point.
0: I, um, I watched a, a local restaurant chain, right. And, and not even a chain. It, It was a local restaurant. Uh, we worked for a lot of their employees and, um, somebody came in and bought them out. And my family had been friends with the owner of this restaurant for as long as I've been alive. Right. And, um, this other restaurant came in and bought them out and I'm, I'm friends with one of the employees and she came in and she said, they've promised they're not going to change the pay. They've promised that they're not going to uh, change any of the food, anything like that. It's going to be the exact same. It's going to be the same experience. They're not going to fire anybody. Everything's going to be just like it is. They've got a handshake agreement that that's the deal is that these people have been here handshake. for all these years and they're going to stay here. Dude, it was the end of that week. That they cut – so, the, you know, the restaurant industry, it's really – it's odd for them to be paid a fair wage. And so, this restaurant had been paying like $9 an hour instead of the $2 minimum for servers. Yeah, And so, they had been paying – paid $9 an hour. They still got their tips. It was It was designed around them. They had a really awesome culture. It was a lot of fun. They had live music. There was all this cool stuff going on. And I know the, the person who bought it and I'm always like, oh, this is not going to be pretty. And that week they came in and fired like nine people and dropped everybody's pay to $2 an hour. And, and, you know, like, I mean, that you know, a handshake is not enough. And and I think we go into this, we tell ourselves that, that, that company is going to honor that wish. Like, Hey, I really want you to keep these people around. I want them to be paid. Um, there's, there's a tech that works at a dealership here. Um, And the dealership sold. And when that dealership sold, uh, the owner walked back. I was standing there. He walked back to the diesel tech and he said, hey, listen, uh, you're getting a raise today. And he said, I'm getting a raise. He said, yeah. He said, I'm making you $34.75 an hour. And he said, okay. And he said, I'm giving you this benefit and this benefit and this benefit and this benefit. And he went around to every employee and told them what he had done. And he had gotten some of the employees that had been there the longest, and he signed a contract with these people that said, you can't let them go. If they want to leave, they can leave on their own accord, and you can try and push them out. That's none of my business. But while they're here, here's the agreement I have with them you have to honor. If we're going to sell the business, that's what we're going to do. And I thought that was a super honorable thing to do, but it had to be on paper. It had to be written down. And
2: that's the thing, man. You know, it comes down to each individual person. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? Yep. And if you're adamant about that legacy, then be adamant about it. I mean, hell, if you're at that point, you've got the money to hire a lawyer to write up the right contract that protects your people.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Because I mean, do the right thing. When you die, you ain't taking it with you, right? Like you, you can sell that business for for whatever many millions of dollars you sell it for, but you're not taking it with you when you go. I mean, what what are you trying to accomplish by keeping it?
1: The money. Yeah. The legacy lives on. That's
0: my point. To a
1: certain degree. Hey, I've got
0: a, I've got a far more important question than all this. Like, it's probably way more important than this. And I, I hate to change subjects, but I got to change subjects. We We're about time to, to change subjects. Yeah. Are we invited to Florida? Because, like, January, it is really cold here in January. And I don't know about <laughs> Kansas. I, I really would hope you guys would come out to Florida. I, I, okay. That's all you had to say, bro. I'm there. I, Just um, We'll give you a space. Okay i'll be there you ain't gotta worry about that january florida you got it i'll be there so what are we doing tell me about it
2: uh the institute is having its first annual summit so nice you know we merged with uh, arlo training a little while ago and uh, then okay. COVID, and that was fun
0: um yeah, that was awesome a lot of fun really enjoyable
2: we're we're growing and uh we figured hey we've got a lot of really great members let's bring them all into one place kind of kick off that the new year
0: cool. you know that is pretty cool.
2: So we've got so, some keynote speakers. We've got some networking uh, opportunities. We've got some games. We've got some food, definitely. I mean, you've seen me and my dad. We like food. Oh, yeah. Good yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, man,
0: I'm going to tell you what. The iScan conference that y'all did, that food was off the
2: chain. I, I, that's that one not thing, not standard man. conference food. We were like, we were like look, standard conference food. anytime we invite anybody into our home, and that would be either at the business here or even at our summit coming up, Food's got to be the best.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was off the chain, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for the invite. Tell uh, where can can anybody come?
2: Anybody can come. Any shop owner who's looking to, uh, you know, hone their skills, learn about purpose, leadership, all the good stuff. Um, that's what. That's you're you're invited. How How do they find out about it? You guys can go to wearetheinstitute.com forward slash institute-summit. Um, you can also just probably go to our main website and find a link there as well. Uh, but yeah, we, we'd love anybody who wants to come, participate, learn, grow, develop. And awesome. then you'll get to see these wonderful gentlemen there
0: Yeah, as I well. What
2: I-, That's what it's I, all
1: about. I avoid people whenever we have answers. I do. I do. It's so, And I feel so bad too because they'll walk up to me like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I don't know you, dude. Don't touch me either. I hate to be touched, and you and, you're like, and He's you don't sticky. want to like. There's um, a there's <laughs> a
0: slime or a, a, a residue. That I, he I hate
1: sticky. My kids drive me nuts. Like I, I, the anxiety builds up. I see them, and my son, he'll start licking that that ice cream cone, and he'll just like smear it all over his face. And you're giving me scared. anxiety, and yeah, and I'm like, I no, I can't no, do the no, sticky no.
2: stuff. I have I, I have, I have hand sanitizer in my car. Not like a little, you know what? I have a pump, like a full, like a pump. Every time I get in, I'm like, yep.
0: Hey, I don't know if y'all have figured this out yet. My staff has figured this out. That shit, excuse my language, is a wonderful weapon. I mean, if you ever needed to, like, really protect yourself from somebody, like, you don't need a pistol, you don't need anything, you got that in your car, boys, you take that hand pump back and you whap, 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 like that, you spray it and something. Man, we, listen. You know, it's flammable, too. Oh, yeah. You get your lighter. (laughs) Man, it does the trick. Like, my employees know, like, don't make me mad. I will absolutely cover you in hand sanitizer.
1: Why would you do that to your people? What is wrong with you?
0: My people are terrible. They're just really terrible, horrible human beings. They know I, that. It's
1: okay. My staff should – this. they need to come down to your shop and just hang out for a day. And they'll come back traumatized and say, this is the best <laughs> shop ever. The, and I get attacked. I get hit in the nipple. And and I'm the nicest guy in the world. I just need them to finish the car so I can get pay the bills. That's all I ask them to do. Like, show up and – finish the car that's it that's all i'm asking you to do it's that simple they don't they don't finish the car and they're like "Hey, you're, you're a slave driver this is terrible no 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 go down to go down lucas's shop piss him off get farted on and then get dumped with <laughs> hand sanitizer all over you and then come back to me and tell me i'm mean
0: yeah yeah that sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty logical i mean that you don't do that there
2: no no oh i'm so excited to hang out with you guys at aste
0: yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I am really excited about that too, because um, you like you you've got uh, a series of classes. Mm-hmm. Your dad's got a whole day, and I guess that's both of you on on Thursday. Like that's a whole day class, right? Whole day of the Bullards. Woo! I've I've got my service advisor. I've got a new service advisor. We just hired. She's in that class. Nice. Uh, I am really excited about. What's it. her Dude, name? I'll that. make
2: sure my dad picks on her
0: jade 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 got it jade got it yep and so uh i can tell you now that um that class is one of the most popular at aste so if anybody wants to be in that class you
1: better go register now i hope you enjoyed this episode of the asog podcast before i let you go i need to ask you a question are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country if you doubt that you are why are you making your life harder Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.